This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. It's Tuesday at the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Matt Young in the studio with me. Matt, we have a question for you. It's a follow-up to an answer I gave, though. And uh, the question goes like this. Why do we sing songs that are written by churches we don't agree with? Okay, so here's what what I had said, basically. There are a handful of churches that are the, they're, they're the musical centers of evangelical worship. Yeah. And some of them push the edge doctrinally. For example, Hillsong United. Um, Brian Houston um, wrote a book, which he has repented of, which I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. um, that was a prosperity book. He wrote it, I think, in the late 80s or 90s. Uh, really bad book. Don't read it. Don't waste your time. And he wishes it was gone. Um, and uh, they are, though, and they just teeter the edge of mm-hmm. prosperity, right? Um, we were at a staff event uh, at a church in the area, and Hillsong United was leading worship at it. And um, he got up and he spoke. It was like six times because he kept getting up between songs and giving a sermon. It was an interesting night. So, mm. um, But uh, the entire night, he just teetered the edge of prosperity and and health. Mm. Um, and then he would pull back at the last second. Like he would like it looked like he was about to jump over the edge and then he'd pull back and he wouldn't go there. And I appreciated that. I'm like, OK, I see that you have these roots. I see that you're a Pentecostal historically, which which has strong leanings and pulls to prosperity mm-hmm. and health and wealth and uh, faith movement, et cetera. So, um, but if we don't agree with them doctrinally, we don't teeter to the edge. In fact, we go the opposite extreme to talk about God's place and will for suffering in our church. And mm-hmm. um, why do we sing their songs? Another one is Elevation. Um, Stephen Furtick uh, proclaims the gospel, but man, I'll tell you, he does some strange things that I'm like, I don't get what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he publicly affiliates and associates with guys like Joel Osteen and other prosperity preachers, T.D. Jakes, uh, guys who are doctrinally, I would not support those guys at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, then then we have um, Bethel Music, which is a whole other category. Um, they are, they are um, not in, in the Pentecostal or prosperity movement. They're just uh, very charismatic mm-hmm. to the point where it would probably make most people uncomfortable um, in, we'll say, a church like Village Church that they saw behind the scenes. Um, very, very – like if you just listen to the music, it's actually interesting because Hillsong is probably one of the most lyrically deep groups of the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all the music, almost all the music from um, Bethel is deeply emotional. Yeah. Very, uh, very. I mean, it's it's almost love songs at times, and um, which again, it's not always bad. It's just they they come from a very different emotional place mm-hmm. um, from where they write. Um, elevation is yeah, it's just different. So then there's Harvest Bible Chapel, whom doctrinally we would probably be on the same page with mm-hmm. in terms of how they view a lot of things. So, but why would we even sing these people's songs? Now, I want to make one thing clear, and then it's your turn because yeah. I have to like justify my end because I'm the one who I'm the catalyst for this question. Sure. I, I did not say that I disagreed with Hillsong or Elevation. Um, I just think they teeter the edge. Mm-hmm. But their music, for the most part, uh, is faithful to the word and to the gospel. But the songs that aren't, we just don't touch them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but how would you – so that's me, right? You're new yeah. to the Village Church. You're yeah. five months in. And that's kind of how we have thought about it. How would you think about singing songs from Bethel, Hillsong, mm-hmm. Elevation? Because I know you and I probably see eye to eye in terms of how we view the churches. Yeah. But how would you, how do you respond to this? It's interesting. There have been some public statements that have been made. Like I know Furtick has made 
Um, some there was a video that was circulating a while where he mm. literally said something God that broke the law. Yeah, that was, was a like, statement. God broke no, the law for no, love. And Stephen, you're smarter than that. I know, and, and he I, is smarter than that I mean, for that's, sure. Yeah. I think it was more shock value um, than an attention grabbing than it. Well, I, I, I hope, yeah. but none of these guys are dummies, by the way. I mean, right. they are very, very smart guys. Totally, yeah. totally. So when when that kind of surfaced and was being spread around social media and stuff, I I sincerely said, man. I love some of the Elevation Worship songs. Some of the lyrical content is rich theologically, much like you were saying with Hillsong. A lot of these mm-hmm. churches are producing stuff that um, is rich theologically and even melodically quite interesting, that kind of thing. But I'm, I wrestled internally with that. Okay, do I want to be, if, if he's writing on this song, do I want to continue to do the music that he's, you know, uh, putting out? Mm-hmm. And it just really, it struck me that as I was looking even at some of the hymns, um, for instance, I think about the song, um, Come Thou Fount, and you look at the story of um, Robinson. I think it was Eugene Robinson. I forget the writer of that, but I've, I've read about his life. And uh, at the end of his life, basically, he had walked away. You know, the verse says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone mm-hmm. to leave the God I love. It's, it's really sad. In the end, he essentially recanted from the faith. And, mm-hmm. um, and so— does that mean we stop that song? We don't sing that song anymore either because at one, you know, he no longer professed Christ. Well, what was written there is powerful, you know, worshipful music and the lyrics are not inconsistent with scriptures at all. So as, as we're looking at songs, even with some of these churches, um, and I agree with you that, uh, I don't believe these churches are like heretical churches or anything like that. I just think we have some differences theologically and, and certainly practically as mm-hmm. to how those things play out. But if the content of those songs are true and good and consistent with the word, then then that's the lens through which I'm going to evaluate these songs. Okay, is this bringing glory to the Lord? Is this consistent with what I'm seeing in scripture? Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm, I'm open to other people coming to me if, hey, what is this lyric? Well, just like the last question we answered yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, are these lyrics right? By all means, if you have a question, bring it. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk through these things. Because if I am introducing a song that's inconsistent with scripture, then I don't want to be doing that either. I'm going to yeah. give an account for those things We're like well. the government and the church is like the media and they need oh, each goodness. other. <laughs> so when the government does dumb things, the media can call them out. <laughs> I just love making little Donald Trump analogies. Oh boy. Really oh boy. There's a a theological question that has plagued the Christian church for actually almost 2000 years. And the question is, does the person officiating or creating the content if their character or doctrine is off, invalidate the actual content itself. Mm-hmm. So it can apply to art. Um, if if a non-Christian makes Christian art, is the art all of a sudden not able to be used because of the person who made it? So like the question is, what is what is the connection between the person creating the art and the value of the art itself for the use of God's people? So um, way back in the day when Christianity was illegal, um, roughly um, before 325 A.D., um, uh, there were a whole number of pastors who, um, who under pressure recant, who basically recanted the faith, basically. And um, so here was the question: so These pastors would baptize people, and in that day, there were some misunderstandings about baptism, mm-hmm. and uh, people were afraid if I wasn't baptized, then I would go to hell. So this huge controversy came up when Christianity became legal, and these pastors wanted to become pastors again, and they wanted to lead. There was a whole group of pastors who said, you are not allowed to be a pastor. And here's what's interesting is they said, all the people who were baptized under you, their baptisms don't count Mm. because you fell away from the faith. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. There was this connection even back then between what is what is the connection between the person doing it and the effective reality of the thing they're doing? Does my sermon, if I if I walk away from Jesus, do my sermons before I walked away from Jesus still stand as true and authoritative and spirit led if they're consistent with the word of God? Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, this is a debate that goes back and uh, we're actually, this is a, a new way this debate is manifesting sure. itself is, is what is that connection between the artist and the art? Mm-hmm. And if the artist isn't faithful, is the art therefore faithless or unusable or unholy? And I think there's a whole bunch of Christians who are petrified of being associated. They're mm-hmm. like, ju- they're just afraid of what people think, you know? Sure. Um, so in fact, I want to just say this truthfully. So um, I've heard often, are you afraid of what people are going to think if you do that? I'm like, no, because the only people upset are the people who are afraid of what others are going to think, but nobody actually cares except mm-hmm. for the people who are afraid of what other people are going to think. Hmm. And interesting. It, it's a really weird dynamic. And so if the art itself is good, I am not, wholly concerned with its origins. Here's where I have an ethical quandary. Mm-hmm. We'll be vague, but you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I am more disturbed by good churches writing good music, but there are financial practices and policies where senior pastors are making a lot of money off of every worship song that we sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not an it's not a common practice, but I wouldn't say it's uncommon in certain circles. And I actually have more issues with um, some churches, how they how the money funnels in through CCLI, purchasing, et cetera, mm-hmm. to pastors than I do with the origin of the churches. So there are, there's actually, in my brain, I'm thinking of, of an example of mm-hmm. I've been very close to having a conversation with you and saying, we're not going to play this church's music anymore. Sure. Because I, until I have confidence that it's not immoral in terms of their financial structure, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm uncomfortable every time one of their songs is played in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, now that my, the reason I don't have this big heart of condemnation is because all I've heard are multiple rumors from people in the music industry. The problem is I've never seen documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't really like making decisions based off of in- inference or concern. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, but for me, that is a bigger issue is because we do pay money. That's why we pay CCLI. Yeah. And every time and we sing a song, money. they make money off yeah. of it. And that's actually, I, I find myself more principled there than I do in the origins. Mm-hmm. There's a um, a very prominent songwriter on a lot of worship stuff. And uh, there was an article that circulated and he's basically a, a part of, not basically, he is a part of a cult following. And, and the guy is just a total wolf. I don't even think he's in sheep's clothing. I just think he's a wolf just devouring people, splitting up families. And, you know, it's just sick with this, this, not the songwriter, but the man whom this songwriter is, is following. And basically because the songwriter is prominent and has made tons of money off of CCLI because churches are singing his songs every Sunday. Um, this man has built this cult, almost like an empire kind of thing. And I saw some of the, the writings on his, how the money was yeah. being spent and everything. And, and not only that, but doctrinally, all the stuff is just, it's, it was sickening to me. My, literally my heart just sank one because yep. the same thing I'm thinking, okay, whenever we sing their songs, you're funding a cult yes. that's harming people. Right. I started wrestling with that with some of the um, other people on staff. I was at a different church at this time when this article broke. And, and I said, I'm really struggling with doing these songs that are in our rotation because this songwriter's on them. And um, they said, well, 
if it helps at all, he's already been paid on it. He's not going to get paid. It's not a per time from mm-hmm. what they were saying. Cause I hadn't, at that point I wasn't involved at all in the CCLI billing yep. and the content in the song, it was a similar discussion to what we're having. The content yep. in the song is, is good. It's in one sense, the damage has been done, so to speak. He's yep. already made the money off of it, but there was still something internally that, okay, now I have to stand before the congregation and sing this, knowing that this is what it was birthed out of. All you're doing is facilitating the industry that actually made made it even possible for him to sell it. Yeah. You know? And so do you perpetuate the industry at that point? Right. I can't control what people do with the money. I can only be faithful to what I do. But there are moments when it comes to what's happening inside the church for people who proclaim the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. For people who don't, don't proclaim the name of Jesus, I just don't have a lot of concern. I just trust them to the Lord. My concern, I think, where you and I would probably share similar concerns is, what do we do when we know we're actually facilitating harm within the church? Right. I don't know that we've answered the question. No. Oh, and I think one other thing that's important to consider, too, is some of these churches that were doing their songs, some of these people like, you know, you kind of think when you're a new Christian, when you're younger in the faith, every Christian thinks like I do, acts like I do, believes like I do. And, <laughs> and then they don't. <laughs> and so that's what I'm saying. If there's a church, like if it's heretical stuff from the pulpit, it's a totally different story. Yeah. But if there's some things, like you said, kind of, they're not preaching prosperity gospel, but it's kind of, they're teetering on that edge or, yeah. or if it like Bethel is very much emotionally driven, mm-hmm. that may be a different experience than what, that, what our approach is, but is it unchristian? Is it inconsistent with the Correct. word? Do you yep. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I think that's a very important thing to look at too, because there is yep. diversity within the body of Christ. There are some things, if it's not essentials, uh, you know, the essential yep. doctrine, obviously those need to be consistent, but there are non-essentials that other people hold to yep. that may not be my preference, may not be to my liking, may not even in my mind be justifiable biblically, yep. but that doesn't make them unbelievers or necessarily wrong. Because yeah, we're not right on everything. Exactly, right? Yeah, I mean, so, you are, but I mean, most people aren't right <laughs> yeah, on everything. Right. <laughs> All right, let's come back yeah. tomorrow. We have a, we're yeah, going to go in a different good. direction for that um, podcast. It's how do I read and interpret different genres of the Bible? So we're going to have to take a little bit of time on this one, but I think this could be a really helpful discussion to help people understand some of the major genres, and uh, we'll jump into that. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. I hope your Tuesday is going wonderfully. And if you're listening to this on another day of the week, well, I hope that day is awesome too. Bye. (laughs)